Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am super excited that you are here with us today. We have a really, uh, really fun, amazing guest who is known as the queen of social media, a good friend of mine, good friend of Dean's, um, although Dean wasn't sure she was going to make it for the show today. And we will get to Rachel in just one second. But first, as always, I need to announce my very amazing co-host, the one, the only, Dean Holland. Good day to you, James. Good day. I feel like good day is a very British thing to say. I felt that. I felt that. And you should yeah. know with that introduction, they used to call me the queen of social media as well. I am so sorry. I dethroned you. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, oh. You're still queen in the UK. So, uh, right. Rachel Peterson, welcome Yay. to the show. We are thrilled to have you here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Absolutely. It's podcast on the move, isn't it? I think it is. So, uh, so Dean and I couldn't decide. Rachel said she's in an Uber right now. You're in an Uber, right? Yes. Okay. And, and Dean and I weren't sure, like, is that total commitment to being on the show with us? Or was it that the Uber driver was so boring, uh, she was like, you know what? What the hell? I'll just do the show instead. James, you know what we should do? <laughs> we should ask things that elicit a very weird response and see how long before the Uber driver tells her to get out and leave. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> All right. So, so Rachel, you're, uh, you're at an event right now? I am. Yes. I have seven events in October. I don't really know what I was thinking. Yeah, I was like, let's just do all the events in one month and make it easier. And here I am halfway, I think I'm on trip three out of seven. And I'm like, you know what? This didn't, this didn't make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, what, that's, that's good though. I mean, that's like, you're, uh, you're passionate, you're excited about everything you're doing. And sometimes we get a little overzealous. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but then by the time I get home, my kids are gonna be like glaring at me. They're gonna be like, we like dad more. And you know, my husband's not gonna remember who I am. He's probably gonna already have a new wife by the time I get home. It's gonna be ridiculous. (laughs) Well, there's there's a price there's a price to pay for all the fame and glamour, I suppose. Yeah, about that glamour. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So Rachel, speaking of fame and glamour, I think one of the uh, one of the things that you're known for is really helping people increase their presence on social media, and you know get their message across and communicate, uh, you know, with a really clear uh, clear way with their audience. What what are some of the ways that people can be more engaging on social media? Oh my gosh! Okay, so the number one thing is this is huge. I remember when I first started posting on social media and just like communicating in the marketing space and I didn't know what it looked like because 
you guys, you guys do both come back, uh, come from a background of corporate or just you, James? Uh, just me. Dean comes about, from a background of assume at that moment in time that I didn't like why I, James. Though? Well, no, 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 the, no. In all fairness to Rachel, it's it's pretty well known in our circle that your background is in burlesque dancing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely assumed in that moment maybe Dean doesn't come from a corporate background. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> you made an assumption. I mean, albeit a correct one, but you made an assumption. <laughs> yes, but you can't be angry. It was correct. That's true. Okay, we'll let you off. <laughs> That'd be like you guys saying, I would assume you're a natural blonde. And I'd be like, yes, thank you for knowing that about me. And you can't be upset. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dean's a natural blonde as well, actually. Just while we're making, true. we're letting the truth out. Okay, yeah. we're a few minutes in. I'm burlesque and blonde. Okay, let's keep this going. Oh I my like gosh. It. We, we need one more B for really good alliteration on this. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. So when I came from a corporate background, I was really used to like having to always pretend that you're someone that you're not. I felt like in corporate, everyone just wanted you to be like, a you know, the girl that wears like a sweater, like a cardigan with like the pearl buttons. Do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like at a corporate job, that one girl and she always has her hair like in a bun and she's wearing a, cor- a cardigan sweater and she doesn't ever say anything contributing. I feel like her name is like Brenda or something. And she like doesn't ever do anything amazing. And I feel like everyone wants that in corporate. I know that sounds really weird, but like they just want you to just like shut up and do your job. And when I got into this world of social media, I was like, I don't know who to emulate. I don't know who to be. I see some people being themselves, but I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that yet. And so I just started copying Amy Porterfield at first. And I was like, I'm just going to copy the way she speaks, speak the way she does. It's obviously working. And then I specifically remember the day where I was like, this is what you need to do on social. You just need to like be yourself, even if it's goofy, weird, you know, crazy, off kilter, whatever it is. And so the biggest thing people can do is honestly be themselves, even if that self hasn't always been accepted, you know? Even if you're James, you still recommend he be himself knowing what an ass he is. No, 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 no. Not for James. Everyone else. exception. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, yes. Even if you're James and you're all Jamesy, you know, like you just still have to be you. (laughs) I think we should hold on to that phrase. If you're all Jamesy. Yeah, I'm going to need some further further explanation on what that means. I don't know if I want to hear it right now while we're live on the show or maybe some other time. I think, you know, you're just Jamesy, aren't you? Yes. I am. <laughs> I'm quite Jamesy. I don't, I don't think anybody's ever put it that well, but there we go. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so, so Rachel, when you, uh, when you left your, you know, your nine to five, you know, talk a little bit about that. Cause I think for some people that's a, a very scary leap and you decided to do it. Like, why did you decide to do it? First of all, and, uh, what, like what helped that transition actually work for you? Yeah. So that was not the scariest leap. There were two leaps and one was scarier than the other, but I left my nine to five because I, my daughter got sick a lot and I got sick a lot. And that was something that used to happen all the time. And I'm super glad because like, since I've gone on this like healthy diet with no sugar, I don't get sick. And I'm really, really happy about that. But I used to get sick all the time. It couldn't have been like the Taco Bell or the Hot Cheetos or anything like that, but 
it probably was. So, <laughs> so like I was getting written up and I was like, I'm just not happy with this. Like I want to be able to be home if my kids are sick or if there's a soccer game, like I want to be able to go. And I just realized I wasn't going to be able to do the things that I wanted to do in life as long as I was working for someone else. So even though that was a little bit of a scary jump, the one I was really scared about was taking my husband home from work. I mean, that like that for me was like the real safety net being pulled out from under me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. So how long how long after you made the leap yourself did that other did that transition with your husband happen? Oh, it happened about 6 months later. And oh, wow. yeah, and he was ready to leave his nine to five because I had replaced both of our incomes at that point. And literally, you guys, the day he's supposed to leave his nine to five, I had a full blown like meltdown, panic attack, absolute freak out. And I drove to his work and I went to him and I, at his desk and I was like, you can't leave. Like, tell them, tell them you tell them you take it back. Like, you're staying. You need to stay. And he's like, I am not staying. I put in my notice it's the end of my month. Rachel, stop. And I was like, no, you, you can't. You cannot leave. And He's like, I can't stay. Right after lunch, I took a crap on my boss's desk. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, that bridge has been burned. <laughs> oh, but I, I freaked out in that moment. And I, I don't know why. I was just like, I can't handle the idea that there's neither of us with a safety net of corporate. Mm. First of all, let's let's back up here a second. What did you do between the six months that you quit and that he he got to quit uh, after you tried to convince him not to that actually enabled all this to happen? Like, how did you do that? Well, I mostly like took jazzercise lessons and no. That's amazing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I was going to say it wasn't just hanging out, enjoying hobbies. Oh my gosh, I was hustling on LinkedIn like a maniac. I was doing whatever it took to find clients. I was like taking calls day and night, working, you know, 80 hours a week, replacing our income. And now, look, granted, looking back, I realized I wasted a lot of time. I probably could have done it a lot faster now. But yeah, in six months, it, it took me about six months to learn what it was to take on the clients to replace both our incomes. So in so in hindsight, the jazzercise classes weren't the best use of your time. Yeah, and apparently, <laughs> apparently those don't count as work hours. That's so weird. How that <laughs> I've been works. telling James the same thing for months. You really have, and I just refuse to listen. But I think maybe <laughs> Rachel's finally talked sense into me. It's just you know, jazzercise is just one of those things of being all Jamesy. Yeah, he's got to do it. <laughs> yeah. But when you tell um, people you work eighty hours a week and twenty of those are jazzercise, it, it just isn't quite what they are looking for 20 it's more like 60 rachel <laughs> uh, that um, explains those legs yep okay yeah. <laughs> so uh so so i want to i want to get to some some meat and potatoes here because i know you have a really really uh strong skill set in finding clients on linkedin um i saw a presentation you did one time uh i think i actually insisted you do the presentation if i remember correctly thank you right and uh, so, so t share with people like, uh, cause I don't think LinkedIn gets, it certainly doesn't get the publicity that Facebook and Instagram get. Uh, I think people find that it, they think it's boring. They like don't necessarily understand it. I don't think I necessarily understood it, uh, as a lead gen tool until you shared, uh, how you do that. Can you, can you kind of give people a high level of 
why they want to be even thinking about LinkedIn and then how they can actually use it? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think LinkedIn gets any credit. I, I love that you said LinkedIn. that. What? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah, see? That, and you know what? LinkedIn is a better place for that. Right? That, that you haven't been there. <laughs> so it's obviously, it's got something that's keeping the riffraff out, and we don't right. want that to change. Yeah. I will also say, though, I also haven't never been on Pinterest or Instagram. <laughs> oh, yikes. This is just like nails on a chalkboard over here. So Can I just apologize? <laughs> I'm just going to apologize on behalf of Dean. Right. Uh, Thank you. Just a, just don't a blanket on me now, will you? <laughs> just a blanket <laughs> apology across the entire show, no matter what he says. <laughs> oh, my heart is a little bit broken over here. So <laughs> LinkedIn is one of the platforms, you guys, that like nobody gives credit to. And, you know, I, I get it because it's not... It's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not full of like pictures and crazy stories and quizzes and videos and everything that can distract you from work. But LinkedIn, I discovered it out of necessity. You know, when I first started as an entrepreneur, we had like no extra money. It just wasn't something that I could put like tons of money into for like lead gen or for, you know, going to BNI or anything like that. We had to assess every single every single dollar very, very carefully. And so as I started like looking for options, I was like, oh, LinkedIn, you know, I've seen some people use it for sales. I wonder if I could do that. So I hopped into LinkedIn and started reaching out to people and getting on to discovery calls. And it was literally just as, as big as the mindset shift of, or as simple as the mindset shift of, if I connect with people I don't know, I increase my network and now I can potentially get clients from that network at some point. And so I started building relationships on LinkedIn and getting onto discovery calls and securing clients from LinkedIn. It was, it was so easy that it almost, I think I overcomplicated it. You know, I was like, oh, it can't be that easy to build a business. Everyone else is over there like suffering and struggling. And this was so easy. I have to be doing more. Do you know what I mean? Like you, do you ever yeah. look at other people and you're like, why are they making it look so difficult? Like, what are they doing? And you think, am I doing something wrong in that this is like easy or this is my jam? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Somebody has a link. Let's say somebody has a LinkedIn. Oh, let, you know what? Let's use Dean as a case study here. Yes. Okay. Okay. okay this, is, this is a good opportunity because he's not been on LinkedIn. He hears this show and he says, you know what? Maybe I should get my head out of my ass and I should get on LinkedIn, right. which is right. There we I'm go. I'm to see this burlesque. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, in all seriousness. So he's like, okay, cool. Uh, this sounds like a good opportunity. Where does he start? All right. So the very first question I would ask you, Dean, is who do you want to connect with? If And if it's other burlesque dancers, I'm going to say LinkedIn is not the right platform for you. What if it was burlesque for business? Ooh, burlesque <laughs> for business. As in, did you guys ever see that Office episode where they brought in the burlesque dancer, but it was really like a Benjamin Franklin? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it was really a guy whose job was just acting, and he would like tell random facts about Benjamin Franklin. It was really funny. You guys got to see that episode. <laughs> All right. I'll make a note of that. That'll be in the show notes for everyone to go watch that episode. Yes. Okay. Burlesque for business. You know, I have never taken on a client in that field, but I'm guessing that burlesque is a very visual industry. I would probably go with Instagram. 
<laughs> okay, so let's maybe yes. do something that is a little bit more dialed in for LinkedIn. Good call. Um, All right, who do you want to let's right say? Here. Let's say I am able to generate leads for local offline businesses. Ooh, okay. All right, there we go. Local offline businesses, you're able to generate leads for them. LinkedIn is going to be incredible for connecting with those potential clients. So when you say offline businesses, are you talking about like lawyers, doctors, dentists, orthodontists? What kind of industries are you talking about? All the ones with money. Ooh, okay. So probably more plastic surgeons, orthodontists. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's where I'll specialize. Ooh, okay. So the very first thing that you're going to do is you're going to go onto LinkedIn and you're going to completely optimize your profile. Now, if you're not sure what that means, what that means is you're going to look at the profiles of other people who are in the same industry who you admire and look at how their profile has like tons of keywords in it. It explains what they do really clearly. It's packed full of value. It basically looks like a really fancy resume on their profile, maybe with some personality. That is the very first thing that you need to do. And once you optimize your profile, you're free to go and literally search for the people in your future target market and go ahead and connect, connect, connect with them. Once you connect with all of them, literally, I'm talking hundreds or thousands of people. Once you do that, then you're actually able to start opening conversations and building relationships with potential future clients. So do you see it, do you see it as a, um, you know, sort of, uh, almost like a public facing resume that you want to really make keyword rich and like hook people with what you can do for them and then use that as just, just a way to open the door for a conversation? You know, I do see it that way. Like I've always said, if I can get into conversation with someone, I can take it from there and most likely make them a client. The keywords are big because you want people to be able to find you. A bunch of my students, they never believe me when I say this, but I'm like, if you optimize your profile with keywords and then occasionally post value-based posts, people are going to be reaching out to you asking for the services that you offer. You can actually sometimes bring in leads without actually doing anything because there are tons of business owners that are actually searching for what it is that you offer on LinkedIn every day. So my, my students sometimes don't believe me until they try it. They fully optimize their profiles and then all of a sudden they have like five people reach out within the first month being like, I'm looking for the exact services that you offer. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Well, I get notifications. I know that I'm not using LinkedIn the way that I should. I get without doing anything like 250 people looking at my profile a week. Yep. Which means that I'm probably missing out on engaging mm. with clients. Absolutely. And James, your target market is all over LinkedIn. Yeah. The non-burlesque people Correct. that I work with. Correct. Right. Okay. That could just yeah. be a spillover from some of my burlesque fans just checking you out. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. All right. So uh, so that's that's sort of LinkedIn in a nutshell then. Is there anything else that uh, you think people should know about? Or can we talk a little bit about some other social platforms that um, that you help people with as well? That's the biggest thing with LinkedIn. It's super easy. It's not sexy. It's just as basic as following a couple of steps. Yeah, that's amazing. That it, it, just, it really is amazing that it's that simple and it works because I think, uh, you know, there is like a tendency to overcomplicate stuff. Like absolutely. That. Absolutely. But it's that simple. No, no LinkedIn ads, nothing. 
but we can talk about other platforms. I, I like almost all of them. Yeah. What's, what's your, uh, like maybe, maybe give people a little bit of a lay of the land. Like you said, uh, you know, for Dean's burlesque for business, for example, it's more, it's more visual. So that would be for Instagram. Like what are the rules of thumb for which platform you should really focus on depending on what you're doing? Ooh. Okay. Basically, if you think about it, every single platform has pretty much every single demographic. The only exception really is Pinterest, where it's a significantly more female-based platform. But there's not a wrong platform. There's just a best or a better platform. So Facebook, generally speaking, is safe for pretty much anyone and everyone. You can pretty much assume that you can have a Facebook group and you can have a Facebook page and run Facebook ads. Reg- almost regardless of what business you're in that the exceptions are like if you're in the CBD or medical marijuana space uh if you're in actually as crazy as it is if you're in like a burlesque space you can get in more trouble on Facebook and with Facebook ads than you can on for example Instagram because it's more visual platform but other than that everything is pretty much a go on Facebook on Instagram it's, I'll be honest, you guys, the hardest thing in the world for Instagram and everyone tries to do it is building a personal brand on Instagram. Because if you're not a celebrity, people just don't care about your pictures. Like, I know that sounds kind of weird, but on Instagram, they're really not looking to look at your picture of like your kid or your puppy. People just don't care the same way that they do on Facebook. They're looking for something that inspires them or makes them excited, or they're looking at cars or inspirational quotes. You know, Instagram, by the way, is my least favorite platform out of all of them. Really? And it has been for like two years. So so you're saying that Instagram is better for like inspiring type things like eye candy type stuff or like... Yeah, absolutely. Like one of the things I will say, like Reese Witherspoon is an example of someone who has really mastered Instagram as a personal brand because most celebrities, yes, you get the likes and the comments because you're a celebrity. And if they're not getting them, they buy them because it looks dumb to put up something and not get any engagement. And so Reese is someone who's done actually Instagram really well because she makes her feed super cute. So like she has little boomerangs and fun colors and visuals and props and all of that. It is absolutely about the eye candy. She's done a great job with it. What would you say are uh, some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they try to create a following on social media, regardless of the platform? Ooh, regardless of the platform, I would say it is making it about your product. That's one of the biggest mistakes I see. Everyone likes to tend to lead with their product. And customers really, I'm sorry, customers don't really care about your product until they've been given a reason to, you know, until they've had an experience that makes them care. And so I personally, whenever I see someone leading with their product, I'm like, what are you doing? Lead with your customer, like focus on what your customer feels and what they're experiencing and engage them, educate them, entertain them, have fun on social media so that by the time you bring their, your product out, people are like, I really like this brand because they care about me. Right. How do you do that? Right. Like I think some people will say, okay, cool. Like I've got this product. And, and, and then, so there's on, on one hand, people don't necessarily care about your puppy. And right. on the other hand, they don't care about your product. So like, how do you find that like middle ground there where you're connecting at a level that builds a relationship without just peddling your product all the time? 
Yeah, let's. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna workshop this real fast with you guys. If they don't care about your puppy, what do they care about? What do you think they care about? Probably their own. Yeah, exactly. So you might be able to put up a picture of your puppy and be like, "Oh my gosh, Wednesdays are the best. I get to hang out with my dog." Do you have a dog that hangs out with you while you work? Suddenly, everyone cares because everyone cares about their puppy. So right. it's kind of interesting. You can almost like show a little bit of your world, but then make sure it always goes back to the customer. You know, like tell me about your puppy. Drop a picture of your puppy. Then all of a sudden, you're going to get engagement like crazy. Right. Right. Because it's not like, hey, look at how uh, look at how adorable my puppy is. And by the way, that's really true. Because James, your puppy is really, really, really adorable. <laughs> he is pretty cute. That is true. That very true. Yeah. Little ode to Lewis Henry. <laughs> that's his middle. So uh, yeah, okay. That that's really cool. So that makes it, that makes a lot of sense. And then when when do you introduce the product? Obviously, eventually this has to be. Uh, you know, a mechanism for you to do business. Yeah. So it can't just all be about, you know, getting the engagement and stuff. Like what's what's the right way to do that? I very rarely introduce product on organic social media. And that sounds kind of funny, but like I personally like to have it woven in to the experience at some point. So if someone's engaging with your social media, I'm more like, okay, let's serve them an ad that brings them into the funnel. Let's not do it ever on, or, on organic social because that just tanks your reach. It makes it really difficult. Uh, an exception to this would be like recently one of my clients launched a challenge and she had gone through some pretty ex- tremendous personal loss. And I knew that her story would be able to propel what came next, not in a manipulative way, more like in a, so here's what's next for me way. And so we used her story organically to help her get to that next phase in her business. But most of the time I'm like, introduce it in your funnel. If you're using Pinterest and you're pinning all of these posts that bring you, bring people to your blog, have there be a call to action on your blog or offers on your blog, or even get them on your email list on your blog. I don't like to ever focus on the product on the front end of organic social. I really think that's an interesting, um, an interesting point of view because uh, I think so many, I see so many people doing product promo on their social and you're just like, ah, like this guy's so annoying. Right. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. So you're saying the organic side really is all about building that relationship. And then obviously through ads, you can retarget those people in a bunch of different ways for uh, for whatever you're selling. And then you sell the product through the funnel, but you continue to build the relationship and the no-like trust factor on the social organic side. Yeah, absolutely. It's what I call the relationship funnel. And I believe that honestly, it keeps anyone from ever having their first experience with your brand being focused on the product. I think it's pretty powerful. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. So what? Um, so real quick, I know we're uh, we're about to run out of time here in just a minute, but I I love I love this train of thought we're on right now. What What are some good ad strategies to complement the organic social relationship building stuff that that you've seen really effective? Ooh, there's a couple that come to mind. One of my first and foremost favorite things, obviously, as you know now, I don't like to. Oh, there's a downpour. Welcome to Florida. It's like sunny and downpouring. Um. 
I like to target warm audiences as often as possible with Facebook ads. Very rarely do I like to send someone to product with cold, when they're cold traffic. I like to retarget the engaged page users, the video views, etc. with Facebook ads. That's one of my favorite things to do. Another thing that I absolutely love for Facebook ad strategies is to bring in other people's stories. So if you have customers who love your products, maybe make them the focus of the ads and make it not like a, look at how great we are, look at how great we are. It's more like, look at how great our customers say we are. I think that that's a way to kind of humble brag and bring people in with an added layer of trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Dean, what do you have to say on this topic? Are you just taking notes on how to expand your burlesque <laughs> empire? No, I think it's awesome. Like one of the only thing I know we're running out of time, so I'm going to be quick, but like this is more probably a personal me question and hopefully it benefits everyone. But I'm wondering like, should people be using all social media platforms? Um, oh, I love that question. Absolutely not. Thanks, it, Rachel. Would you say it was better than anything James has asked you today? You, that, that was the best <laughs> question I think I've been asked today. So I think we found the third Fantastic. B, and that's better. Oh, I'm, oh that I'm hurts. just kidding. <laughs> better burlesque business. There we go. Oh. Between that and the Jamesy comment, I think you might have actually hurt <gasps> my one feeling. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Jamesy was a compliment of the highest regard. All right, fine. We're good. We're good again. Anyway, James, if you could stop interrupting my best question of the day. (laughs) Dean, your best question of the day has left her silent. (laughs) Rachel's like, screw this. I'm not answering. Oh my gosh. Okay, no, I've got an answer. So (laughs) the thing is... When you try to do everything at once, you kind of do nothing well. It's like those people who are like, as of today, I'm stopping drinking, I'm eating healthy, I'm working out, I'm waking up early, and I'm going to write a book. And you're like, yeah, okay. Like maybe just start with like not eating Cheetos and Taco Bell. Like that might be a very good place to start. So same thing with social media. Focus on one platform and get really good and comfortable with it before you expand to another. Otherwise, you've got yourself a diet, not a lifestyle. Mm. Nice. Mm. I like it. I like that. Yeah. Very good. Um, Rachel, this is, uh, I feel like we're, uh, I feel like we're getting into some really interesting stuff, but I know we got to wrap it up here. Mm. If people want to connect with you, like I know you do, you have courses, you've got uh, you know, you've got an agency, you've got all these, uh, amazing things that you're doing to help people. Like what's, what's the best way for people to connect with you if they want to reach out? Absolutely. The easiest way to find me, everything I'm up to learn more about social media would be my website, which is rachelpeterson.com. And my last name is all E's and a D. So that's P E D E R S E N. You got it. All right. You see that Dean? You see how I got it? (laughs) You, you got it. And you got it rather quick. You've been all Jamesy again, though. So I'm pretty sure him. getting it really quick is part of being James, if I'm understanding this correctly. <laughs> that sounds about so, right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Rachel, uh, first of all, thank you for being on the show. We know you're super busy and you're traveling and making things happen. Uh, and obviously on a whirlwind tour of uh, <laughs> seven events in the month of October. And uh, you're kind of a third of the way through. So I guess you still got a stretch of... Uh, a stretch to go. Um, Dean, do you have anything else that you'd like to share or contribute 
uh, before we go. Any other better questions than the ones you've come up with so far? Well, I was going to say, I think I've contributed quite enough, especially compared to your second yeah. grade questions. But, um, but no, I just want to say thanks, Rachel. It has been awesome. I, I think I think Rachel has to be one of those guests, don't you think, that we we actually bring back? I feel like we only just really got. Yeah, started. I feel like that's true. I feel like um, I feel like the Uber driver got a one-sided education on LinkedIn. Right. Like he, he was like, okay. He's like taking no- mental notes while he's driving her. Okay, I need to update my profile. But where? Where is this profile? How do I get off yes. the leads? That's amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, my! So God. if you get in your next Uber and he's dressed for burlesque, you know that that's the same guy. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for being here, Rachel. Thank you, Dean, for being here with your uh, yourself and your que- and thank your you, amazing James. questions. Um, Absolutely and- amazing. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, to all our listeners, uh, make sure you subscribe and tell your friends about the show. We enjoy doing this, and we love having you guys listen in. Uh, this is another episode of Just Tips, and we'll talk with you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.